Come again. You know I don't speak Spanish. In English, please. Huh? You pooped in the refrigerator. And you ate a whole wheel of cheese? How'd you do that? It's actually, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Episode 61. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Made from moon pies and penny whistles. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So the guy is is just pedaling down the street, yeah. and all of a sudden I see him go back wheel over his head, bam, smashes his head right into the grass. Car stop, check on him. He was grabbing his head. He looked like he was okay, but... He must have hit the front brake too hard or something? I think so, yeah. This, this happened yesterday. I was coming home from work, and just some guy riding his bike, I don't know, maybe he saw a pretty girl, <laughs> didn't look where he was going, and boom, and he wasn't wearing a helmet. Ow. That's why you wear a helmet. Dang, that sounds like... Uh, it looked like it hurt, but, but I'm pretty did sure... Did you hear that hurt. sound? Yeah. <laughs> I bet. That's what he heard. Uh-huh. So this and is, what lesson did you learn? Um, Brad, I learned that it's important to always wear a helmet when you ride. Yeah. Always wear a helmet. I thought you were going to play the Hulk music, so no. I, was, I, was, I was stretching it out. Yeah, I know. So uh, part two of the staple We didn't talk interviews. about that beforehand, so. Yeah. Uh, part those, two of the, of the staple interviews. Those staple interviews you did were very well edited, and your, and your uh, interviewing prowess is impressive. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I, I try hard. I try to let the artists tell me what, you know, what they need to do. You know, the one interview I did not get, though, was Danielle Corsetto. Where's my Batmobile? Um... Your Batmobile. From Dennis Pooh? Oh, I forgot to bring it, Brad. I'm Dang sorry. It. It's on my desk at home. Yeah, but it looks nice on your desk. Oh, it does. I, you know, I'll, I'll remember one of these. Okay. Days. But right. it's still in this case. It looks great. Cool. But uh, that Thank was you, one- Dennis, for that. That's That was pretty generous. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, I took mine out of the case and put it on my little display shelf. Well, if uh, I can put it on my new desk at my new job. If, if you ever you, get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you yes. better give it. Um. The only, the one interview I didn't get was Danielle Corsetta because she's she, busy. She was the queen of that show. Yeah, she always she was either drawing or selling or or talking to someone. Dreamy. She just, there was just never break. Yeah, she's a little dreamy. And she drew me a picture of Lisa Loeb. Really? <laughs> yes. She asked, "Who do you want?" Because I had her do a sketch for me, and I said, "I want Lisa Loeb." And she laughed at me, and she drew me Lisa Loeb. I'll Neat. bring it in one of these days. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's cool but, though. But didn't get. She have little horn rim glasses. Yeah, and she's playing a guitar. And oh, that's uh, cool. You know, and I have a little crush on Lisa Loeb, so it was perfect. Um, great show, Brad. Was great. Um, no quarter bends in sight. It wasn't that kind of show. It was just a big artist alley. Yeah. Um, I like the shopping thing about a about a, a yeah, con. 
but from the way you've described it in those interviews, listening to that, it all sounds like I really would have enjoyed being there. Oh, good, good. Okay. Yeah, it's. I I think I'll. Uh, I think I'll go next time because I I think I'd really like it. Yeah, I, I because you had every intention of going, but it's just family commitment. Yeah. That's Plus, all. you know, I need to branch out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this would have been a great a good place, place to, to get sketches. Out. Yes, it was yeah. cheap sketches. People doing them left and right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, some were higher than others, but you know, you got what you, you definitely got what you paid for, especially in the expensive end. Yeah. But you know, def- definitely worth going to uh, next year. You know, we'll make a trek out there. It was fun. Yeah, I bet it would be. It was fun. Nice one day, and it deserved to be one day. I, you know, oh uh, yeah, I just one, one did it up. Like, what were the hours? Uh, from eleven to six. That's not bad. Yeah, so seven hours, and then there was an after party afterwards, which was just at a at a restaurant, and just a lot of people hung out there, and there was some speed drawing going on. Was it in a building, or was it in outside in a parking lot under tents, or? Uh, it was in a. It was in the building. It was in some type of restaurant. I can't remember what it was called. It was so there were restrooms available. Yes, there were restrooms available. And a but snack every, bar, maybe a uh, snack bar. Awesome. But um, a majority of the party was outside on yeah. the patio area because they were doing speed sketching. And, cool. Um, and then they were selling those off for charity. Oh, that's cool. So artists would go up there. They would draw something, and then I forgot what the charity was. But then they'd sell them off. There was this one drawing, Brad, guy in a suit. Fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. No, um, guy in a suit. Uh, looks like he was running, and he was surrounded by Adams. And I overheard some guy say that that's Ray Palmer. That's very oh, cool. It looked awesome. And that's uh, very cool. That was the only one I considered buying. Yeah. And when I went was up that to one go, that was up for auction. Yeah. When I asked how much it was, they go, "We sold that. That oh, thing was wow. sold halfway." What, halfway through it was drawing someone had already that's awesome it. do you know who drew it no I don't I meant to get his name but it was pretty good some of the people there actually had a very strong indie comics reputation didn't they yeah like Danielle um, unless she's more web comics but yeah but oh, there were a lot of web Christian Donaldson there was there right yes he was yeah um, a DMZ guy Brian Wood Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. And um, I, I asked if we could interview him, and he goes, he doesn't do interviews. He was very nice. He goes, I don't do interviews at places like this because I want to be prepared. Sure. Uh, he did give me his number, though. He said, but you know what? Call me sometime, and maybe we can do one over the phone. That's cool. So that could be a future interview sometime. Yeah, I'll have to read something that he, that he wrote. Yeah, read some of the DMZs. Um, what else has he written? That's all I'm aware of. But uh, but Brad, I mean, you know, there were photocopied books there. There were books that were just stapled together. Sure, and uh, that's why they call it staple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably. Um, there was this one girl from Brooklyn Fluff. That was the name of her comic strip, and she made each book individually. Yeah, and she covered them with forty-five records. With a, she used a hot gun. She took the forty-five record, cut it in half. Yeah, and then that was the cover of her. So it was like a it was like a, a semicircle. Yes, was the were the pages cut out so they were no, so the the cover didn't cover all of right. right. Oh well, that's still kind of cool. But it still was very cool, very the, cool. So there's a lot of crafty stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Well, but with that being said, how about we just roll into the interviews? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I think this first one is Pat Loika. Sweet. And here I am with Pat Loika. Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Pat, what have you been up to? 
I've got a few projects in the works right now. Uh, I have uh, I have this book called Outlaw Territory coming out later this year through Image. I'm, it's an anthology western with a bunch of people involved. They, they haven't announced it yet, but they haven't announced everyone involved. I mean, but it's a pretty big book. It's coming this September, and I'm I have a couple of pitches lying around with a couple of publishers right now, and we're looking into relaunching our web comic. It's called Hokal. It's about my uh, my you know working at the hotel industry. It's, it's, it's a it's a humor comic, and we've got uh, we got an announcement regarding that later on too. Oh, that should be exciting. Okay, well that's cool. Well, so what brought you here to Staple? Actually, it's just the fact that I haven't been to a con in a long time, and I have a lot of friends in the Austin area, so I figured I might as well stop by, have fun, and you know, maybe draw a little bit. Cool. I mean, I didn't even expect you here. I was, uh, you know, when I saw you at the table, I was like, is that really Pat? So, but anyway, it's great to see here. Now, how's your leg? You broke it or, uh, not too long ago, right? Oh, yeah. That was that was, that was was a really crappy time. <laughs> yeah, I was basically on my way to CGS 300. I was, a little, I was on my way to the San Diego airport, and we got rammed by, by a truck. And next thing I woke up in the hospital. Well, I'm, I'm thankful that all I, I got away with just a, you know, a, bad, a broken leg. And, you know, it, you kind of take stock of things after something like that. And it, it was after that, just a few months of intense therapy and getting, you know, just trying to get back in shape, trying to, you know, get around and have the courage to actually get out again. It turned out okay. Well, you look great. You look good and healthy. You got color in your skin. You look fantastic. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> okay, and what's your website for our listeners? Just go to www.dialrstudios.com. Uh, we have a section for all of the creators involved, including myself. Plus links to uh, free downloads for comics. Like, you can download uh, The Path to Armageddon, which is a series I just finished. And you can download that for free. There's a link on the website. You can download it. And you can also download other books like Scar Tissue and uh, Future's End. A bunch of other books from our, from our crew. Pat, thanks for your time. Oh, thanks, Frank. I'm talking to Christian Hogan of Dead Squirrel Girl. That's a great name. How did you, you come up with that? I was driving my sister home from a haircut, and she says, I love my new haircut, but it needs more body. And we drove past Dead Squirrel, so I was like, if I stuck that on your head, would you have more body? Yuck, yuck, yuck. And she's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. I'm like, no, it's not. And I went home, and I drew the picture, and ten years later, I'm still drawing this thing. <laughs> well, so tell me about the comic book. And Now, is it a webcomic, comic strip? It's a published comic. I self-publish it, but I put everything on my website as I go, and then when I get enough material or I finish a story arc, then I go to print. Okay, great. Uh, what brings you to Staple? I uh, love Staple. I live here in Austin, so it's, it's just so very convenient to just get out of bed and go sell some books, um, but it's getting to be one of the bigger conventions for small press, so it's great to be on the ground floor of it. Yeah, I mean, there's like, you can just tell there's just like a real passion around here. It's just, I don't know, it's really different. Because I always go to the Comic Con ones, and it's you know it's all about DC and Marvel, and and that's all fun. But this is this is really different for me. Yeah, I love just the indie press because I'm totally self-published, and I've never done mainstream stuff. And so to have a forum to actually celebrate that, and it's great. Well, what are some of the challenges you have being self-published, self-publishing yourself? I mean, you know, getting the stuff published. What are just some of those challenges you deal with? My main challenge right now is I, I know how to get a book together, but it's the distribution aspect that I'm totally lost in. Uh, like, how do I get my product to a customer, you know? And uh, 
Thankfully, there's a lot of comic book people here in town who are so willing to share information with you. So chatting up with people, I'm kind of kind of learning. But yes, yeah, that distribution. Like, how do I do it? I don't know yet. Uh, what about advertising? Just um, do, you, do you advertise your book at all? Um, just my I have a MySpace profile and stuff like that. But word of mouth seems to be really good. Just internet, the way you know my website will get out there. Cause people will come up and be like, "I've heard of this," which always surprises me because I'm like, "I don't know where you heard it from." But I, the internet's good enough advertising alone. Well, what about um, your influences? Like, um, who do you draw off of to create your characters and define your style? My sister. <laughs> Absolutely, my sister. Um, some of the characters, some of the other characters uh, are based on Louisiana folklore. I'm originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so we've got the Cajun werewolf, which I totally got just from folklore books. And um, one of the other characters is based on Marie Laveau, who was the uh, voodoo queen. And so I've kind of mixed the voodoo queen with the Greek oracle and made a character. So I really go on mythology and folklore a lot. Cool. Well, it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks. And what's your website? It's uh, www.deadsquirrelgirl.com. Great. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And here I'm talking to Mark Gagne. Mark, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, uh, I was walking by your booth. Really caught my eye. You have these great sequential posters with just these little small boxes that tell a story. It's pretty fascinating. Describe one to me. Describe your favorite one to me so our listeners can understand. I call them uh, poster stories. So they're they're self-contained. Uh, I'm a big fan of animation and comics and graphic design, and I wanted to find a way to include all of those things in a single piece of art, but still make it work as a single piece of art. That's why I said it's really. And and so yeah, you got these little sequential stories. What are some of the storylines you have? Oh, uh, each one's different. So there's there's evolution, where I just kind of go through the history of man. There's ape girl, which is kind of a turn of the century. Uh, circus freak story. There's Tinker, which is a story about a robot that's uh, recreated over and over again by different people that find the robot. There's Abduction, which is a story of uh, an alien abduction, but they abduct the guy's bed instead of the guy. Uh, everyone's different, yeah. And they're real. I mean, it's really unique. You can just look at this. They're, these boxes are, are really kind of small, but you follow them, and it just it tells us. It's just a really amazing story. It's kind of cool. Well, thanks. Thanks. I mean, again, my background is graphic design, so I, I give a lot of thought to each one as to color balance and, and making it work as as a piece of art on a wall as and also as a comic story. And let me ask you, are these, uh, are, are, do you work um, digitally? Yeah, they're all illustrator vector art. Um, I also do a comic strip, and I do those with Scratchboard, because I found after doing the, the vector on a computer, as an artist, you kind of miss the tactile sensation of, of doing art with your hands and not on a keyboard. Well, tell me about your comic strip. comic strip is called Mr. Oblivious, and the idea behind that was I wanted to know if you could do a comic strip with the same joke in every cartoon. So it's <laughs> it, it goes back to like the old Scooby-Doo and Roadrunner cartoons where it's like, it's basically the same cartoon, and how many times can you tell it and make it funny? Right. And it uh, turns out you can tell it an awful lot. So I call it a visual knock-knock joke because 
because it's the same joke. It's just, what's the different punchline? That is pretty cool. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to get one of your posters. Thank you very much. Thank you. And what's your website? Website is MrOblivious.com. M-R-Oblivious.com. Great. Okay. Well, I'll have to check it out. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was, a gr- it was great. Thanks. And this is Frank, and here I'm talking to the Mangler. Is that right? That's right. I'm the Mangler. That's me. Will, Will Rodriguez. They call me the Mangler. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. How about yourself? Good. So there's been a lot of activity at your booth right here. Um, and you got a comic book. Tell me about your book. Uh, the comic book is called Mangled Stare. It's a comic that basically encompasses a, uh, a father who wants to make the city safe for his family. So uh, he dons a, uh, a superhero identity, uh, goes out in the world, and uh, basically tries to make it a, a safer place for his, for his kids to grow up in. Sounds really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's something that I wanted to leave as a legacy to my own kids when I became a father. So um, it's got a lot of family humor. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, you know superhero you know epic battles in it. But uh, for the most part, it's it's really just a family comic. It's a lot of fun to draw. Great. Well, so what brings you to Staple? A uh, staple has been, uh, forgive the pun, a staple uh, in my in my con going uh, year. Actually, it's a, it's here in Austin. I live here in Austin, so it's 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 easy for me to get here. It's uh, it's really big on the independent scene, and, and I'm and I'm big about that. You know, uh, uh, for me, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun for me to make each book by hand versus sending it off to a publisher and saying, here, here's my artwork. You print it up and sell it for me. You know, whereas I make it in house. I have my own my own uh, printing studio in, in my in my home, and I make all of my books by hand myself. Uh, uh, and so, Staple, I'm, I'm here at Staple because uh, it's local, uh, it's a great scene to promote what I do and meet other artists. Um, and really network it and meet people who already read the comic. That's always a lot of fun for me. And, you know, I can tell just being here, there's, I mean, there's a lot of passion in, in these rooms here of, of all these people. There really is. Uh, people, pe- Creative people are, are very passionate folks. Well, so uh, what's the, what do you see the future for your series? Um... I will draw Mangled Stare for as long as I can hold a pencil, as well as probably any other projects that I have boiling in the, on the back burners in my in my ever active and, and never ceasing skull. Um, uh, Mangled Stare will, will will continue to grow as, as my family grows. Actually, uh, it's it's a fun way for me to chronicle uh, basically the, the the plights of fatherhood for me. Really. Well, so your father. How many kids do you have? I have three children of my own. Three beautiful babies that uh, that are the source of a lot of the comedy that's in my. Comedy. <laughs> it's uh, it's really easy. You just sit down and watch them for a couple of hours, and you've got comedy gold, you know? <laughs> and what did they think about Dad being a comic book artist? Um, my oldest actually draws with me. He's on his way here to the convention, as a matter of fact, uh, to sit down at the table and draw with me, as has been our tradition for the last two years. Uh, he sets up shop and uh, and draws for people as well. He's, he's an awesome artist. Uh, I don't remember being half as, uh, as detailed as he is uh, at his age, so uh, uh, they, they seem to really enjoy it. My, my kids love reading my books and sitting on my shoulder while, like parrots actually, uh, <laughs> while I'm while I'm coloring my comics at, at home. Well, that's great. And what's your website? Uh, the website is www.mangledstare. That's M-A-N-G-L-E-D S-T-A-R-E, like a mangled stare. That's dot com. Dot com. All right. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you, Frank. And here I am talking to Joe Eisma, artist on A Dummy's Guide to Danger. Joe, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. So tell me about the book. Um, seems like an interesting concept. 
It's very strange. Uh, it's about a detective who isn't quite all there mentally. He has a partner who is a ventriloquist dummy. He doesn't realize it's a ventriloquist dummy. He thinks it's a paraplegic human being. But they're great at solving crimes, so you know they they're, they're allowed to get away with the delusion. And who's the writer on the on this book? The writer and creator of the characters is Jason M. Burns. Okay, what, what else has he done? Uh, he's done The Expendable One for Viper Comics, uh, Sleepy Truth, Underground, uh, Underworld Railroad, I can't say that, a um, bunch of other books. He, he writes like like a fiend. So. Okay, great. Well, what can you um, well, what can you tell me about yourself? Like, what other books have you worked on? Uh, this is my first uh, book, The Dumbest Guide to Danger, uh, Lost at Sea. It's my first published work. It'll be out in March, uh, mid-March. And I've also got a book coming out from Devil's Due called Project Serpo. That'll be out in July. Great. Okay. Well, tell me about like your describe your style and tell me about your influences. The first, let's start with your style. You know, how would you define it? Uh, I would say it's very stylized, sort of traditional, maybe in my approach. But it's very. Uh, I try to exaggerate things because I, I like. I like. I really appreciate like caricature art, and uh, so I, I try to work some of that into my like facial expressions. But comic book wise, I mean, my favorite artists are Alan Davis. Uh, Frank Cho and uh, Steve McNiven. So I hope those kind of work their influence way in, into my work. Fantastic. Okay. Well, so um, tell me what your website is. Uh, my website is supajoe.com. That is S-U-P-A-J-O-E.com. Well, fantastic. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Hey, I'm here with uh, Captain Sequential. Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Great. Pretty good. So uh, it's almost towards the end of the end of the uh, show again today. Have you gotten anything interesting? Um, yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine, Paul Mayberry. He's got a graphic novel coming out from Image uh, in April. I think the date's kind of up in the air. They announced like the 9th, but uh, sometime in April. And uh, it's like 230 pages, I think. Full color. It's gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. He wrote it with, uh, or created it with uh, Mark Andrew Smith, who did Amazing Joy Buzzer. Have you read that? No, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, Image put that out, and uh, they did two different series and a singles, and then they're both collected in trade. I think you can get both of those currently, probably even from like Amazon or something. Okay, so I don't know if you bumped into it, but 80s Junkie, Dennis Pooh is here. No, and, I haven't seen him. And Jay Evans was here. Yeah, I saw Jay Evans, met him. And um, very briefly, um, Heroes Mask, Russell was here, but he had to leave early. Yeah, totally missed him. Yeah, I wanted to meet him too. Oh, and John Mayo was here too. I, I think I just saw him out in the front talking to somebody, and I looked over, and I didn't think about him being here, but I was like, I think that's John Mayo, so yeah. Yeah, so all those, all those forum members we know and love, so that that's actually kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I hadn't ever met uh, Jay Evan, and so I just met him. He came over and found me a little while ago, so that was really cool to meet him. Absolutely. I'm sorry Brad couldn't be here. Yeah, Brad just had family responsibilities. Yeah, he couldn't, totally he couldn't make that. it. So. Yeah, yeah. The show's been doing really well. Danielle Corsetta, she has had a line at her table. Yeah, she is the queen of the show. She's I got that. a ton of people over there right now. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've been trying. I've been trying to get an interview with her, and to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's going to happen because every time I go up there, there's just she's she's signing or she's drawing. Yeah, constantly. yeah. Well, this is a really busy show, especially when the uh, panels have let out. You get a flood of people coming in. This is this is a really busy show. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, and it's it, and it's relatively small, but there's still a lot. 
lot to look here, and I've said this over and over again. There's just like this amazing passion yeah. in this room. Yeah. Hey, how are you, man? <laughs> this is Kyle. Kyle, this is your is it yeah, brother, brother? My brother, Chris. Yeah. Hey, Chris, how are you? Uh, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Rob Zob Zob Rombi on the forum. Zob Rombi. Zob Rombi. Okay. Yes. Occasionally. Occasionally. Okay. I'm about Brian Wood. We talked to Brian Wood a little while ago. Um, Brian Wood is a surprisingly nice and intelligent individual. Absolutely. Really? Fantastic. Yeah. I um I wanted to I asked him if we could interview him and he said you know what here here's my card call me but I just don't do interviews at at shows like this because yeah I just don't think I sound good yeah. so but he totally approachable and totally nice guy yeah we talk but just not on uh, not on tape hey. maybe kind of misunderstandable as far as like you know yeah. coming off maybe a little harsher than he really is but he, he really seems like he's a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, I was asking him about uh, sales numbers. There's been a lot of talk, uh, like on the CGS forum, about sales numbers, you know, in the industry, and and, uh, and especially with the Vertigo books and everything. He's been kind of vocal about that on his blog, but I was just asking him about it. It was a really interesting conversation, so um, he's a really nice guy. Like, he's not somebody that I've, I've read a lot from, but, uh, but just really, really fun to talk to. Yeah, I mean, very approachable. He, you know, he yeah. just, he was very nice. He just said, you know, I just don't do good interviews at, at these things, so, so maybe in the future we can have him on the show. That would be really cool. I was going to say, if he gave you his contact info, you should totally, you know, hit him up for that and, and get an interview from him. If he's if he's just saying he didn't do him, you know, at shows or whatever. Yeah, that's all he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all he said. So, anyway. Okay, guys. Well, I guess uh, we'll wrap up here and I'll go see if I can maybe grab another interview somewhere else. Great. Fantastic. Talk to you. Bye. And here I have David Malky, who does Wondermark, right? That's right. So you got to just explain what Wondermark is to me, because it's pretty unusual. Well, what I do is I, I collect books from the 19th century that are full of copper plate engravings and old woodcuts and illustrations from that uh, that period. And I, I take these just beautiful, beautiful classic illustrations, and I turn them into comic strips about poop. <laughs> And that's, that's amazing. That's that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's uh, it certainly is a lot of fun, and they're not all every one of them about poop. I should maybe make that clear, but uh, they're about silly things and contemporary topics, and uh, it's it's quite a bit of fun. So, I mean, how did you come up with? This? How did this enter your brain? Well, I've always been a fan of this sort of illustration that you don't see uh, around anymore. There's this is a lost art because there's even the few people that maybe do engravings or scratchboard type things nowadays never even approach the, the intricacy and the complexity of the sort of illustrations that existed before you could reproduce photographs because these illustrations replaced photographs um, you know where we would now see photographs in, in periodicals and in books so they're beautiful and they're intricate and I really love the art behind them and I thought this was a way I could both reinterpret them for, for a new audience to appreciate and also take a shortcut because these guys can draw better than I can and so I can come up with a better looking comic strip if I use their art instead of my own. Now the only thing that I think comes close to this kind of stuff today is maybe the portraits they do in the Wall Street Journal? Oh yeah, the head cuts. And um, yeah, that's a very distinctive type of art that's arisen um, to fill a very particular niche and I think uh, I think it's cool that someone is keeping that tradition alive when they could easily use photographs. Okay, now what about copyright issues and stuff like that? Everything published before 1923 uh, is free of copyright. Uh, so everything that I use is in the public domain. Well, that, 
That's awesome. And where do you get the inspiration from for them? A lot of them are about contemporary subjects or internet fads or issues in the media or, I mean, it's very firmly a comic strip for people of today. And in that respect, uh, the inspiration comes from just living in the world, just like anyone doing a contemporary strip. Okay, so you have a book, you have a, and uh, how can people see your strip? Well, wondermark.com has comprehensive archives of almost 400 individual comic strips and new ones are published twice a week. Uh, I do have book collections on the site um, and I have a new book collection coming out from Dark Horse uh, that comes out in June and that's pre-ordered. It's pre-ordering now on Amazon. You can just type in Wondermark. It's called Beards of Our Forefathers and um, I really encourage everyone to pick it up. I think Amazon's selling it for like 10 bucks. It's a steal for a hardcover and um, yeah, the more I can sell in pre-order the more Dark Horse is going to push my book to stores. So I encourage everyone to pick up a copy. Cool, great. And one other question, just about Staple in general. I mean, why do you come to this show? Well, I really love that this is a show that is created by a guy with a passion. Chris, the organizer, he doesn't take any money for this. He he really tries everything he can to get people like me from out of town, I'm from Los Angeles, to come and share our stuff. And the people whose work he's passionate about, he really communicates that passion to, to the exhibitors. So, you know, it's not corporate. It's not Comic-Con. There's no movie studios here. It's just people who like comics. Dave, thanks for your time. I'm happy to speak with you. Thank you. And here I am with Christian Dawson, my favorite artist. And this year I got one of the posters. I've been trying to get this poster for the last three cons. I finally got it. How would you describe the poster I got? The poster is uh, much sought after. It is. Oh, and there goes a peanut. A peanut flew out of your mouth. No, it was a piece of a cough drop. Oh, okay. Because apparently abusing your body uh-huh. goes hand in hand with conventions. <laughs> so, yeah, really. So, so I'm feeling a little... Uh, a little little horse, a little rough today. Okay. But, um, no one saw it, but except everyone on that side of the room. So. Well, the, the radio audience heard of it. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, the, the poster, uh, it is uh, uh, my, my racer, racer girl character. She's not in any comics or anything. She's just kind of a, a little uh, fun character I, I, I like to, you know, do just basically promotional art with. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you missed uh, getting one last time by, I think, like, like one person. And yeah. I felt bad that I did not have another one to give you. <laughs> and this time you scored. I did. Oh, man, I was so excited. You cannot <laughs> tell you how excited I was. That's awesome. Anyway, so why come to Staple? Uh, well, it's uh, one of my favorite shows. Uh, the people that put it on here in Austin are, are, are great. Uh, specifically, Chris Nicholas, who Uncle, Uncle Staple put this thing together. Uh, he invited me uh, to uh, Staple last year when he heard that I was, uh, you know, fresh to Texas, and uh, I, you know, the, it, was, it was really nice of him to extend that invitation. So I, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss anything he puts on. So here I am, and it's also it's just a great it's a great show uh, a lot of talent in one place uh, a lot of people who you know put a lot of love into what they do and 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 and, and make great comics and art and and uh, bring it here yeah uh, there's a there's a real energy in this room Absolutely. I've said that time and time again and this is so different from any other con I've ever been first of all there's no quarter bins yeah there's no toy uh, no one selling toys it's like all about, about the art it's all yeah it's all about the the, the creativity involved in, in, in making, you know, uh, 
but I, 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 I would like more shows like this. You know, it, it's, I mean, it's essentially uh, the most kick-ass artist alley. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that, that you could imagine. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know, Austin's a really creative, you know, creative place in general. Uh, it's a town with, with you know a lot going on, uh, a lot of energy, and uh, I think it's I think that uh, this is the perfect place to have to have a convention like this. Great. So what's next? What con are you going to next after this? Uh, really, like until I finish 99 days, my con schedule is kind of light, pretty much because I don't have anything to, to, to anything published to push. So I'm just uh, plugging away on my book, but I'm going to be at Cape in Dallas on free comic book day. If I'm wrong on the date, correct me. May 9th? Uh, something like that. It's always yeah. in May, but I'm not sure either. It, it is It is free comic book day, and uh, it's it's uh, Cape is uh, similar similar to the Staple experience in some ways. Um, the guys at Zeus Comics put it on, and it's, it's a great time. Yeah, uh, it is. I, I've been there the last two years. Yeah, and it's, and it's excellent. Uh, I guess for, for info, you could check out either uh, capeday.com or uh, uh, ZeusComics.com. Yeah. Okay, cool. And with that, what's your website? My website is prodigal9.com. P-R-O-D-I-G-A-L-N-I-N-E.com. I keep. And why, and, and why prodigal? Why prodigal? Uh, I don't know. The, the 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 words always kind of struck a chord with me. Uh, you know the story of the prodigal son. Uh, you know the 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 guy who just kind of goes off to uh, to do his own thing. Uh, I don't know. I've always liked the story, and and I don't know. It also looks cool. In print, yeah, it, it, does. Looks, it looks nice. You know, so there's a design aspect to it too. But, uh, you're a designer at heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you. So here I am with founder of uh, and organizer of Staple, Chris Nichols, also known as Uncle Staple, right? That's right. How That's are you right. doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's been a really busy day today. Our attendance is way up from last year, and uh, everybody's having a good time, and that's that's why we do it. So. <laughs> Fantastic. So let me ask you, how did you get, I mean, what spearheaded this? Because this is my first time to staple. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, why organize it? Uh, well, I just kind of saw a need for it here in Austin, and I saw that after some research, I realized that there was an audience for it, and, you know, there was enough creators in Austin and in the area and in Texas that needed a uh, indie show to, in, you know, independent comic show to go to, uh, you know, because all the rest of them are spread out all over the country, and, you know, why not have one here, too? So I just uh, kind of started asking around to see who was interested, and there was interest, and uh, said, well, let's clean out the barn and put on a show, and that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. So what year of the show is this? This is uh, the fourth annual uh show, the 4th Annual Expo. Okay, well, so what are the big highlights this year that you're really happy about? Uh, mainly I'm pleased that uh, we were able to move into a brand new venue this year that was a little bigger, let us uh, grow the show uh, pretty significantly. Um, it's also a little better location locate uh, in terms of access for people. Uh, I'm really pleased that the attendance has, has been what it's you know really blown out of from last year, really ex- didn't expect that, and very excited. Uh, we had we were able to have two really good guests this year. We had Brian Wood and Eric Powell, and a very entertaining web comics panel, which I actually got to see some of. But I don't usually get to see much of many, much of panels. I'm kind of busy, and uh, yeah, it's, just, it's been a great vibe and you know, it's a great show. Great. Now, what about next year? Surely you're already planning uh, for it. Uh, 
after I come out of my coma <laughs> from this year, uh, then I'll start thinking about it, thinking about next year. Uh, I think this venue has worked out really well, so we'll probably look at doing it here again. This is like, like I say, it's a brand new place. It's only been open for a few months, so uh, and uh, it's the guy, the folks that run it, in the Monarchy Event Center. Uh, really cool and they're really on top of their game and they've put on a really good show here. And I gotta tell you, there, there's two basic rooms that, that the whole show's going into. This is the rowdier of the two rooms. It, 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 yeah. It, it, they're both kind of, you know, rowdy, but you know, when people think they're in the smaller room, although it's only not slightly smaller, imperceptibly smaller, they, they, they get uh, you know, more rebellious or something. I don't know what it is. They get further more punk rock in here or something. Well, hey, you're doing a great job. Can't wait till next year. Thank you so much. And what's the website for the show for next year? Uh, the website's always www.staple-austin.org. Great. And I will put that in our show notes. And thank you so much, Uncle Staple. Thank you, sir. Okay, so it's the next morning after Staple. And I'm over at my friend Erica's place, old high school friend with Mark. She let us stay at her house. Erica, how are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Good morning. Now, the reason why I want to interview you you is you we are in a room of your house that is covered in nothing but toys from when you grew up i bet you were surprised when you walk into this room weren't you i'm totally surprised now not only are there barbie stuff but there's also some star wars stuff and pez dispensers and even stuff from when you're you know the fisher price stuff obviously fisher price was pretty big when i was growing up because i've got one two three four shelves and in this room we've got Three different walls or four walls that have paraphernalia in here from the early 70s. And anything that I didn't have, I went ahead and bought it on eBay. If I remembered it from when I was a kid, I'm going to go search on eBay for it. So let's see. Just a quick look-see. Uh, look you have an Easy Bake Oven, oh, the yeah. classic version. Mm-hmm. I still have the original cake mixes in the boxes. Oh, my you gosh. see down there? We're walking over to it. And yes, you do. Yep. Chocolate, brownie mix, and... Another two brownie mixes. Oh my god! Take a look at my Mad magazines. Do you remember these? Oh my! Oh god. look, I have a Spider-Man comic. You have a Spider-Man, uh, the Amazing Fantasy. This is probably from 1962. Yeah, it's a copy, but it oh, is. Okay, uh, then let's just—that's a copy. But no, it's cool. <laughs> Throw that down there. It, it, it would be worth a lot of money if it was the original. That's why I said it was a copy. Speaking of originals. Take oh my a look gosh. at my comics. I even have one for you, Frank. Oh, really? Yeah, I noticed in here I had a double. I had a couple of... I had two different or two of the same Dennis the Menace. You have Tweety, uh, Daffy Duck, Richie Rich, um, Smurfs. Well, Smurfs wasn't really... I don't really remember the Smurfs too much. <laughs> but I did have a gift for you, and, oh. and uh, I'll give it to you. You can joke about my dorky comics. No, the, I had Archie comics growing up, too. These are great. Jughead, Archie and me. If I recall correctly, yesterday at Comic-Con, you said, these are girl comics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did, but I was just trying to be cool in front of my friends. I was. I actually thought, that's pretty neat. Well, good. Oh, I even had Oh, a- that album. Hey, hey, hey. And the best part, we were doing this when you were showing it to us. We were smelling them. In fact, I'm going to... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was a so little good. awkward in the parking lot of Comic Con. <laughs> people driving by and you're... Uh, they do smell good. Don't they? Did you see all the different stuff that you can buy from yeah. comic books? Like military guys can get a, uh, a ring for their best girl. Mm-hmm. 
you can also get these crazy things like gum and x-ray specs. I love the x-ray specs. They didn't work. I wish that they had the uh, seed monkeys. I might want to order some seed monkeys. Uh, You know what? Not too long ago. You can still get those. Not too long ago. Probably a couple years ago. I had some at my desk, and it was the best eight weeks of my life. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) sad. Okay, so we have some Lone Ranger stuff, too. Yeah, everything that is precious, near, and dear to my heart is up high on the shelf so that when the neighbor kids come over, all they get to play with are the Fisher-Price. That's why everything down there is all messed up on the shelf, but they won't touch my... Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Black Bart. And your and your Marvin. I think that's what that electronic Merlin. Game. Merlin. Merlin. And look at my Rubik's cube. And a Rubik's cube. Somebody with one happened side to done. get one side done. <laughs> that's about it. And my, one of my favorite things. Now this is a very impressive room. But one of my favorite things is your little your little Star Wars diagram. This is this, this is the stuff from the seventies. Yes, this apparently was a mail order. Um, I can't. I guess it was a bonus whenever you mailed in some cereal box tops. Or what have right, you. Right, yes. It was something from Kenner. And it's a display case or a display stand that has one, two, three, four, five, six, and then what, about 12 of them on there? Right. Jawas on here, Ben Obi, oh, it says Ben Kenobi, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker, and watch this. When I turn it, they move. Yes. They even have their guns. Look at Princess Leia with her cape. I can't. And they have the plastic capes. Luke and Ben and Darth have the. Uh, and the sand people. And the sand people. Darth uh, looks good. They, they have the lightsaber coming straight out of their hands so they can't move their elbows. Right. And look, it retracts too. The lightsaber goes back. Okay, there. It's doing it, but yes. you just can't tell. <laughs> Guess, guess what else I have? What no, else? Not the fake poop, not the fake vomit. <laughs> Look at this. What the? Stretch Armstrong. And he's deflated. Well, I got I yeah, it's because I Oh, he had a rupture. Used, yeah, he had a rupture and that's what he, the inside of a Stretch Armstrong looks like. I thought by keeping him in this beautiful display case yes. that he would be fine, but apparently I took him out one evening and started stretching him. That's not the right thing to do with the 1972 Stretch Armstrong. Oh, my God. What's great about this, guys, is that she has it in this beautiful display case, <laughs> like she described. It's encased, but it's it's ruptured in the arm, and this red goo. He's sitting in a pool spilled. of his own blood. Exactly. It's his blood. And it, at least it's encased in this beautiful display case. And it's, and it's obviously dried up, and now it's hard as a rock. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, you know, that's, that's that's the best thing right there. Maybe I can get, maybe one of the uh, illustrators at Comic-Con would like to do a fantasy <laughs> a fantasy um, drawing. Well, that is that is totally awesome. Thank you very much. Erica, thank you for the tour of your awesome, awesome room. You're very welcome. And, I enjoyed uh, having you. And we're probably going to have breakfast pretty soon, huh? Yeah, I was thinking maybe there's an IHOP down the street, and that's all you're getting. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> Erica, thanks for the tour. Have a good